good. Yeah. Have you been ministered to this morning? I know I have. Just allowing the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do. And that was a powerful, that was a powerful moment when, uh, when Paul, it was Paul, yeah? Paul gave that tongue. You see, the unknown tongues of the Spirit, they're very powerful. And everything that came out after that tongue was a result of the Spirit speaking to us in other tongues. And it's biblical, and there's times, that, that there's times in our services where that is necessary, where the tongue, the unknown tongue, it opens something up. You can't explain it. It just opened up that moment there, that, that moment of encouragement where the Lord encouraged us in the interpretation of that tongue. That was powerful. But it was necessary. It wouldn't have opened up if he hadn't have been obedient to speak in the spirit there. That moment would have remained closed. But the unknown tongue opened it up. It's powerful. So let's be aware of how the Holy Spirit might move upon us in order. You know, it's got to be done orderly. That was perfectly within the order of this service today. And uh, let's be aware because... Do you know what? Listen. God doesn't just invest his gift in one person. He invests his gifts right across his body. And um, we need to be aware of that because you, each one of you, have very special supernatural gifts that are going to, in the, in the days and the years to come, that are going to cause this gathering, this church, to burst out and break forth. In great abundance. It's not going to be the result. I have a calling here to pastor this church alongside with Faye. And we take that calling very seriously. But let me tell you now, on the authority of God's word, it does, it's never built around one individual, two individuals, or three individuals. It is built, and, and, and you know this because you know your Bible, it's built around the body. That's right. That's right. So the Holy Spirit is going to help us to work our gifts out. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, you've got to give me a little bit of extra time this morning, right? Because we've been blessed so much. Last Sunday, as you may well remember, we started to look at our vision as a church. And um, I don't know about you, I was so encouraged just to see that, that big picture of what we do together and what we're committing our lives to and what the Lord has joined us together to complete for, for our city and for where we are. It's always a wonderful thing, a positive thing. On occasions, and we don't do it often, but on certain occasions, it's, it's really a blessing to look at our vision as a church so that we can understand what we do together, what we're called to live out, and what we're, we're in and a part of as we, we're committed here in uh, this place. And if you ever want to look at our vision, if you ever want to see and, and refresh yourself as to what it is and what it's about, just pick up one of our welcome books. Feel free just to read it, and throughout that welcome book, you will see 
I hope, a very visual picture of our vision in operation through this church. Just pick up a welcome book. If you weren't here last week, you know, just grab a welcome book from the welcome desk at the at the close of this service, and you can just refresh yourself in what our vision is and what it's about and how you can be involved. To keep our vision simple, we wrapped it around three words, and these three words really capture the heart of our church. And these words are reach, renew, and release. And last Sunday, we looked at what the word reach represents to us as a church, and we saw how our lives extend and reach out towards one another, firstly, and then secondly, how our reach is out into the world in which we live. So there's two aspects to this word reach within our vision. It's firstly for our lives to reach out towards one another, but then also after we've been blessed with each other's lives, we have a great commission to fulfill within the world in which we live. We want to use our lives to reach out to those who are around us every single day that might not have heard the good news of the gospel. Towards the end of my message last week, I spoke briefly about our reach as a church through our work in Jesus Cares and how it fulfills our desire to continually reach out into this city and the surrounding towns and villages throughout Southeast Wales. For the last 13 years, it's quite amazing. For the last 13 years to date, Jesus Cares has given out over 300,000 hampers in addition to half a million other essential provisions for the communities that are in some of the most deprived areas within South Wales. Over the last 10 years alone, we've had over 1,200 volunteers working in Jesus Cares. And we've had to log that because we've worked with funders. So Faye diligently gives six-month reports. Every six months, she, she gives a very accurate report to our funders just to show them that we're on track to meet all of the promises that we have set and the goals that we have set as a church. And over the last 10 years, we have had 1,200 volunteers who have given over 150,000 volunteer hours, all of them using their lives, you see, to reach out, make a difference in the lives of others. At the core of our church, Jesus has put a reaching spirit within our hearts to help and to bless anyone that would be in need. So the story so far, when we look back, the story so far has been quite amazing. Just to look back and review how our vision has unfolded, how God has taken us on a journey by His Spirit. It's been quite incredible. But there is more. There is more. There's far more than just the story so far. 
There's far more than just looking back. And looking back is wonderful. Looking back causes us to rejoice in seeing how we have, as a congregation now, reached out into the communities and cities of Southeast Wales to bless them with the project, project of Jesus Cares. But there is more. And I want to ask Faye right now to come and tell us some exciting new aspects of our reach through Jesus Cares as we move forward into the future. Yeah, it's amazing what God has done um, with our church um, and with all of us corporately, having given us a heart to reach people that are struggling, maybe people that it's just a one-off that they're struggling, or maybe they're just, you know, it's finding a tough week in, week out. And um, as you know, we've been funded um, um, by um, for the last 10 years, and that funding came to an end in October. And Dave and I have been working over the last nine months to um to request additional funding and it's there's a lot of people asking for funding and some amazing projects out there that are reaching into our communities and we're very mindful of the fact that we've been also given a lot of um, funding in order to reach out to people but Dave and I have been working for the last nine months and we put in an application to two funders and we are delighted to let you know that we have been given 700,000 pounds in funding which will help us in Jesus case for the next three and a half years we'll be giving nearly a hundred and ten thousand food hampers out in the next three and a half years in addition to nearly a hundred and sixty thousand other essential provisions which cover hygiene products and nappies and children's clothing and um, baby equipment and so we are just absolutely delighted that the Lord continues to just give us influence within our um, in, within our county and beyond Southeast Wales, going into Newport, going into Torvine, Caerphilly, Blynagwent, and Merthyr, and being able to help shine a light. And you know, the beautiful thing about Jesus and what we found with Jesus Cares, every single item that goes out has a sticker on it that says Jesus Cares. We have put millions of Jesus to stickers onto items in recent years over the last and um, over our journey and you know it's been so encouraging to hear like bin men talking about the fact that when they go to empty people's bins they see the Jesus cares um, sticker you know we've gone into schools before and we've heard children say to us we wonder what Jesus cares is going to feed us this week um, it's amazing as people as our vans are going down the road we've had comments come back from people saying like they just weren't expecting to have that message given to them you know just in the middle of the day in the interruption of the day that Jesus cares and it's amazing that God has used Jesus cares through the practical help that we provide people to be like a track to people to let people know how much Jesus does care for them I can remember one year that we heard that um a story of a family who had sadly lost some family members in a house fire. And as it was coming up to the one-year anniversary, you know, all of those feelings were so raw, the grief and the pain. And one mum said to her husband, I just don't even know. I don't know if anybody even cares about us anymore. 
And that day, their son came home from a youth club with a food hamper from Jesus Cares. And they opened it up and all they saw was Jesus Cares. Jesus cares, Jesus cares, Jesus cares, Jesus cares. As they took every item out, Jesus cares. So we have no idea. I mean, this is a story they actually contacted us about and said, we want to let you know that this was where we were. And we felt hopeless and desperate and felt like nobody cared. And then we get with that same evening, a message direct from heaven, because that is what it is. He does more behind our backs often than what we're expecting and he brings things in and we have no idea. So as a church family, we feel so humbled at the fact that he would allow us to continue to reach out and let's pray. We really don't know where this goes, where the food goes. We don't know the situations that people are in. We don't know the cries that they have been crying out, but we know that God knows and let's pray that as we face Faithfully and diligently prepare hampers week in, week out. Let's pray that those hampers go you know, to those that need it, those that are crying out. And I can't wait to get to heaven to find out the stories of people where Jesus cares, the act of kindness through Jesus cares, would have perhaps impacted their lives for the rest of their life. So let's continue to pray that God will continue to increase our reach within the communities, practically showing people that Jesus cares. Hallelujah. Do you know when um, Faye was talking about the Jesus Cares stickers and, you know, we put them on every product and the van, you know, it's got a big Jesus Cares sign on it. And I was just thinking back, you know, a good friend of mine who sat on the front row over there, Mike Hooper, who's in his 80s one of our hardest workers in Jesus Cares, in his 80s. But David said, didn't he, in the Psalms, when you're planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish in the courts of your God. And even in old age, you'll be fresh. He's fresh. His life inside him is fresh. And um, I love Mike. He's such a blessing. He's awesome. But you know what, right? We met outside. We met outside. This is how we met. Well done. This is how me and Mike met, right? On Lower Dock Street one day, and he was stood in front of the Jesus Cares van, just looking at Jesus, that, the sign. I jumped out of the van, and we, we'd never met. It was an instantaneous connection between me, him, and Alex. And from that moment to this, he's just been committed in the fast lane, giving his life and his service to what God is doing in Jesus' case. I love to ask him, and I often do on purpose. I say, this is what I say to him. Mike, how are you doing today? And the reason why I ask him 
is because I love his answer. Every time I say, Mike, how are you doing today? He says, hold on, I've got to think of it now. <laughs> One second. One second. I say, Mike, how are you doing today? And he says, he's... <laughs> <laughs> He's forgotten. Absolutely radiant, borderline ecstatic. That's what he says. Right? Every time I ask him on a Monday morning, on a Friday, whenever I see him, I say, Mike, how are you doing? Absolutely radiant, borderline ecstatic. And my reply is, well, that's better than okay, isn't it, Mike? That should be our answer, shouldn't it? Absolutely radiant, borderline ecstatic. What a spirit. I tell you, that spirit comes, that spirit comes from a life that's planted and rooted in the house of the Lord, like all of our lives. What a blessing. What a blessing. It really is. It's wonderful just to see what God has done and what God is doing as we just reach out to our city and the world in which we live. Now, as we continue on this morning, the next important word within our vision, after having a heart and a spirit to reach, is the word renew. And I love how everything about the life of Christ within us is always about the new there will never be anything old or stagnant about Christ's life in you. It's new. It's living. It's growing and excelling and progressing as we live for him in the here and now every day. The life of Christ and the abundant life that he has promised each and every one of us is, is, is always new. It never grows old. It never grows stale or stagnant. But it's new and abundant and full. And this new life that God has called us to live, he's called us to live it in the here and the now. There's no time like the present. This is when this life is to operate. Here and now, in the present, every day, we are called as his children, to live in the fullness of his new life and be renewed in it. We see the word new and renewed over and over again as we open our Bibles. There's a strong emphasis from the Scriptures regarding the new, regarding being renewed in this life that God has provided for us in Christ Jesus, that's the whole emphasis of the new covenant, to abound in God, to abound in life, to be fulfilled and to be fruitful in all that we do. That's what we call to enjoy. That's what we're enriched to inherit, this new life from the new covenant that God has ratified in his blood through Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul continually directed believers to living in new life, always exhorting them to put off 
the old things that could destroy their lives, put off the old things that could hinder them or impede them or hold them back, put off the old, he would emphasize, in order to put on their new nature and life in Christ Jesus. In Colossians chapter 3 verse 10, Paul says this, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Then also in Ephesians 4, 21 through to verse 24, Paul repeats the call to remove anything of the old life that would hinder us and be renewed in mind and attitude by putting on our new nature that has been given to us in Christ Jesus. Listen to what he says in Ephesians 4, starting at verse 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, You see, there's an alternative to all the old life. There's a wonderful divine alternative to all of the old stuff that that brings us down and seeks to destroy us. Verse 23, he says, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Paul says, Throw off the old. Don't go back to it. Don't bow down to it anymore. That old life that we once lived is to have no more expression in our lives anymore. And that's why Paul calls all of us in Christ to throw off anything that's old. Any trace of any old life that wants to come back up from the past. It's dead and gone, buried, crucified at the cross. We are empowered now to put on the new life that God has given us in Christ Jesus and make no provision for anything that's old in that old fleshly life. Throwing off is an action that you can take when you're in charge. You're in charge of your life. You are in charge. You've been given power in your life to take charge, to take control. Throwing off is an action that you can take when you're in charge. And God has called you in Christ to reign in life to be more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens you. He really has. You're in control. You have the ability to take any behavior, any attitude, any old aspect of your life that would want to raise its ugly head and try to relive itself through you again. You have charge. You have control to take it up and throw it off. It's got no part of me. It doesn't belong to my life now. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're not slaves anymore. You are sons. You have been set free to live free and to be liberated and to live a life that is free and liberated by the Spirit of God. And it's the most glorious way to live. It really is to live in this way. 
And this word renew in our vision points to our desire to always follow these very commands that Paul gives to the church. To be that people who put on the new life that Christ has provided for us. It's always great, isn't it? To be around people, to be in a church like this amongst family, amongst people who are not pointing back to the past. They're not trying to dig up aspects of your old life and bring them to your attention anymore. It's wonderful to be in a family like this that doesn't focus on the old. Trying to dig it up or trying to remember the things that God has forgiven, that God has brought to naught and forgotten. No, the old life is dead. The old life is gone. We are a people who see the new in each other. And as we renew our thoughts, as we renew our minds, as we renew the attitude of our spirit, this new life that we have in Christ begins to manifest, begins uh, to show its fruitfulness in all aspects of who we are. That's right. You're preaching it for me. In 2 Corinthians 5, Paul talks about a new way of seeing each other from the new life we have in Christ, not evaluating each other from a human perspective, but from belonging to Christ Jesus. Listen to his words in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 to 17. Paul's words. He says this, So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know Him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And that's what I love about this church. We, bless you, buddy, we celebrate the new. We celebrate the new life that is in each and every one of us as a result of being in Christ Jesus. Our focus and our attention will always be on the new, on putting off and putting away the old. It's gone and and, and running towards and putting on all of the new things that God has provided for us in Christ Jesus. I love how David in the Old Testament testified how wonderfully rich our lives are when God is at the center. Psalm 1 is his description of a life that's rooted in God and drawing on His eternal life reserves. Psalm 1, verse 3, he says, talking about the new life, talking about the believer favored by God, talking about the person that has decided to place his roots down into the life of God. He said, He shall be like a tree planted 
by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. There's no withering in our lives. Our lives are set to prosper. Our lives are set to be blessed and to be fruitful. Why? Not because of anything that we have within ourselves and of ourselves. It's because our roots go down into the house of the Lord and we draw up the life of God into our lives. That's why we won't wither. That's why we'll prosper. That's why we will be blessed. That's why we will bring forth fruit in its season. Not because of anything of us, but because of Him. God never wants any of us to resign ourselves to a state of apathy. He doesn't want us to become stale or mundane in our attitude or in our thinking, afraid to hold great expectations of God. God is excited for us to have and create and plan for great expectations of Him. He won't disappoint us. He won't let us down. He will never fail. No, He wants us to be excited and expectant about all of the things that He's planned to do in our house, here, within our family. In the time of Isaiah, and I'm going to close with this. This is going to take about 60 minutes, John. I'll make it short today. 42 and a half. Look at Joe laughing by there. He knows. Them two by there, they are planted usually where Betty is. And every week, man, I say, Joe, I, I want 45. I'll give you 35. It's like this barter in this trade-off. I'll give you, th- oh, give me 40. I'll give you 39. <laughs> All right, then, Joe, we'll go for 39. What a blessing it is to have people in your life, eh? Really is. In the time of Isaiah, God's people were in a real rut. They were apathetic. They were despondent. They were depressed. They were facing things they couldn't change. They thought they didn't have any future, and they just thought that their future was going to always be a rerun of their past. Isn't it wonderful that God knows how to help us? Because we've just been like them, and that's why their message is such an encouragement to us. The words from the prophet Isaiah, because often we see ourselves where they were. We find we are very often. And they were in a real mess with no hope for the future. But God, in his goodness, he broke in. He interrupted that mindset, that attitude, that stagnant way of living. He broke in and he began to arouse hope and and life and thinking towards something new. He began to arouse them and stir them up 
by his prophet. He broke into their monotony. He broke into the lives that they were living. They were constantly spiraling down negatively to a dead end. And he declared in the midst of a hopeless situation. Imagine this. In the midst of a hopeless situation. In the midst of of despairing emotions and despairing attitudes. Thinking that they would never leave where they were. God said this. Just very casually one day through his prophet. Behold. Again. Consider. Think deeply about this. In relation to who's making the promise. Behold. Consider. Think deeply about it. I will. Because you can't. I will do a new thing. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? In order for God to do the new, he commanded his people not to remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. He was directing them away from unproductive thinking before he would venture to do this new sudden thing and things that he had promised to do among them. He commanded them not to remember former things. He directed them away to how things had been and he began to turn their minds and turn their attitudes and turn their hearts towards something fresh, towards something fruitful, towards something abundantly new that he was going to do. Thinking that dwelt on the past and magnified it hindered what God wanted to do in their future. So he directed them away from it. Because whilst God's people continually went back in their minds to how life used to be, it robbed them. You see, that's what happens when we continually go back in our minds to to former things, to how life has been It robs us, and it was robbing them of the excitement and the expectation that God wanted to generate inside them through the word that he was speaking to them that would suddenly spring forth. So by changing their focus, their focus of mind, away from the old life that they'd lived and the old things that were past, dead, and gone, He began to excite them with a fresh expectation around his word, around his promise. Listen to the command that God gave Isaiah to give to a hopeless, despairing, depressed people that thought that their future was just going to be a rerun of their past. Listen to the command. Do not... Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 
our spirit of expectation in this house always wants to be around the new, in the renewing of his life in our life. Our excitement, our expectation of faith as God's family, as God's people, is in the new things that will suddenly spring forth from God in our midst. And we'll rejoice in it together as a church. And those things might be in your world, where you are, in your vocation, in your family. It, it, it may be among as corporately as God's people. But God has promised to do a new thing. God has promised that those new things will suddenly come forth and we will know when they do. And our focus and our attention will be on our God who renews and makes all things new. He's given us a new life. He's given us a new spirit. And he's given us a brand new family of which we're all a part. And over time, in different seasons, we will see that new break out and break in to our lives in many, many different ways. We're going to pray in a moment. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. What a great morning this morning. Hallelujah. What a blessing it's been to be together. Hallelujah. It really has. Hallelujah. We have a vision to reach out to one another in the world in which we live. Many different ways in which we seek to fulfill that. We have a vision as a church to renew our lives and to see the new of God's life in our lives, in the here and now, in the everyday. Whatever area of your life you might need this, this new life to flow into. I'm going to pray right now. He's the one that can make a road in the wilderness. That old decrepit place that's barren and dry. And to some degree, all of us know what that wilderness place is like. Every one of us. But he's the one that is Lord over the wilderness. He can make a road in the wilderness. And bring forth new fruit, new life, abundance, where there's barrenness. Hallelujah. He can bring rivers in the desert. It's what he does. It's what he can do. New life in him.
is ours. It really is. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence in this place this morning. Thank you for the words that we've heard, the songs that we've sung, the blessing it's been just to see one another again, to fellowship together, to lift our voices as one unto you, to hear the praises of our heart extend to you our love and our thanks. It's so special. It does us good. Lord, I pray if any of us here this morning are believing for an area of our lives to experience new life, new fruitfulness, new abundance and blessing, Holy Spirit, I ask you for that new power of life to flow into that wilderness area, into that deserted desert place of our lives, that there would be a path for us to walk on in any wilderness season. Lord, that there would also be in those desert places and arid areas of our lives great fruitfulness, great life again. We as your people, know you as the God who renews our mind, who renews our heart, who renews our strength as we wait on you. And we thank you as we do. We will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not grow faint. We will rise up with wings as of eagles and soar on those thermals that you have set for us. Everything about you is new. It never grows old or tired. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said.